Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blitz Package over on Arrowhead Addict and Blog Talk Radio. Today we got a lot to talk about, but we want to talk first to thank you guys for listening in and letting us know your feedback, what you guys think of the show. Uh, if you haven't already, go on Twitter and find us at BlitzPackageKC. And make sure you give that a follow, hit the subscribe button. We have seen the numbers go up each episode, and we have seen a big skyrocket with last week's episode with Ian from the Redskins fan-sided page and talking about the Alex Smith trade. So if you haven't checked that out, definitely go and get get a hold of that and see what you guys think. Uh, he had a lot of good insight on how Redskins fans think about the trade. So good listen. Make sure you check that out. And today... We're going to start off the episode talking about Clark Hunt's comments. We've, we've heard about Andy Reid talking about Bob Sutton, about how it was a success um, not benching Alex Smith. And now we have Clark Hunt on the other side calling this a successful year. And, you know, something that really bugs me about that is we've gone over, we've all agreed this was not a successful year. We did not even make it to where we made it last year. And... You know, Joshua Briscoe asked him after the week one game, you know, what what would be your definition of a successful season? And Clark Hunt stated, you know, we've made the playoffs. We made the playoffs last year. So getting past where we got last year, which is pretty much everybody's expectation of a successful season, doing better than you did the season before. Now, we're not expecting for you to win the Super Bowl every year once you win it because that's just unreasonable. Would it be awesome? Yeah. But the fact that you're going to come out and after that miserable loss in the playoffs last year, it was a one and done, but they got the bye week, so it was in the divisional round. This year, you lose two less games, and you make the wild card, and you lose to a worse team in the first round. Not the second round, but the first round of the playoffs, to a worse team. And... To be honest, that is a smack in the face. It is blatantly saying we don't give a crap what the fans think. Because this was a successful season only because we made the playoffs. And I'm sorry, that, that does not sit well with me. Um, you can, If you are on Twitter, you know, you've probably seen everybody talk about how it's not okay with them. But, you know, yeah, it, I mean, just it's just so blatantly obvious that you know the successful season is just making it to the playoffs and you know Britt you and I especially have had conversations about you know what people view as a successful season and most most Chiefs fans want pretty much what we got whether you know they'll complain about it but they wouldn't trade it you know for some bad seasons in the Super Bowl yeah, and I mean, that that's why I always ask people, and why I asked Ian what his expectations were in Alex, and every year it's good to ask people, okay, what's going to make, what is a successful season? Tell me right now, because that way at the end of the year, we can judge, was it success or not? For me, before this season, pretty sure I had in an article, it was Super Bowl or bust. And for sure, at minimum, AFC Championship game, although that wouldn't have made me still happy, but I'd have taken it. So when you lose in the first round, you ask me, was it sexy? I go, no, because my expectations were higher. So it wasn't a success. Now it wasn't an utter failure. You didn't go two and 14 Cleveland Browns failure, but it didn't meet my standard. Obviously I'm going to assume Clark Hunt's standard was make the playoffs. 
win the, win, it was probably win the division was probably his only standard. Let me put on T-shirts, back-to-back division champs, which he got to do, sell some T-shirts, make some money. I assume that was his only goal if he's saying this was successful. Next year, I'm going to ask people the same thing. That way, at the end of the year, when I'm saying it was good or bad and they come back, know it was good or bad, we can compare and say, well, you know, you said this would be that way. Clark said this year to be successful had to go farther. It didn't. So to me, that should mean it wasn't successful to him. So he's either lying or he was lying back then and really successful was just getting the division. I don't know which one's which, but he was lying one of the two times. So, and it's, you know, I don't need your lies. I'm a fan. I'm 30, it's going to be 36 years old tomorrow. I'm a big boy. You can be honest with me and tell me you thought we sucked or not. Tell me it was a decent season, but it wasn't as good as you wanted. You still have higher goals. That's fine. I can live that. I don't think any Chiefs fan would look at that as bad or anybody think, oh, he's calling out Andy or anything. No, everybody should understand. It was a decent season. Wasn't as good as it should have been. Get better. I don't I don't see where that's a big deal, but Chris, what's your take? Well, happy birthday, man. No, oh, thank you. <laughs> I always thought uh, I always thought you were the old guy of the group and uh, it's me. <laughs> so. um, Sorry guys. Yeah, man. What's the definition of success? There are two main definitions of success. The first one is the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. So you can put a big red X on that. <clears throat> Second one is the attainment of popularity or profit. I can give Clark Hunt a little bit maybe there. He may have profited this year. Chiefs may have become a little bit more popular this year as a, as a uh, nationwide brand. But what is he measuring success on? If, uh, if you work at a factory and this year you have two injuries all year long and last year you had one, that's still a pretty good mark. But that's not a success. Um, I'm going to bring up NASCAR and I apologize, but if you're, if you come in and you finish 10th, that first race that you finished 10th, that is a, that is a good race. That is a successful race. You know, that's, that deserves all the attaboys, but by race 30, if all you've done is finish 10th and no better, a 10th place finish is no longer a successful finish. There's always nine cars finishing ahead of you. To me, if Clark Hunt would have come out and said, this was a decent year, we have some work to do, I'm with you, Britt. I would have felt like that he was telling me the truth, but I feel like that he was lying to me. Um, to obtain the ultimate goal, that is in basically the definition of success, and there's only one team that did that this year, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Kansas City didn't come anywhere close. They were their first team out in playoff weekend and wildcard weekend. They were the first ones sent. It, uh, to me, it, it is. I don't know if I'll go with Britt and say it's a slap in the face, but it's definitely in it. It deserves an excuse me um, because it, 
we did worse. We had a worse season than we did last year. Any somebody wants to mention that you had a successful year and it was worse than the previous one, that shouldn't go over too many people's heads. Well, there's something I want to touch on that with. You know, you mentioned the Eagles and their success, and, you know, we mentioned the Chiefs' success. So, you know, obviously everyone knows Eagles won the Super Bowl. It was awesome for everybody outside of Boston. Um, But, you know, with Doug Peterson going over there, it's raised a lot of questions with fans. And, you know, I want to bounce something off you, and I can kind of lean either way, but with Doug Peterson in the second year of – you know, head coaching. In fact, what was it? Nine years ago, he was coaching high school, but two years of coaching, head coach for the Eagles, and he's already won a Super Bowl. Now, Eagles have a much more talented team, but is he already more successful of a coach than Andy Reid? Well, you know what my answer is going to be on this. <laughs> well, that's yes. Is, you know, like we like we talked about, we have some new listeners. And that's that's yes, of course it was more successful because he has a Super Bowl. And I ask any ask Dan Marino, ask any of the old guys, would you rather be the worst champion ever or the best to never win? I've heard Dan Marino multiple times say he'd trade every single stat he ever had for one Super Bowl. That's what makes you a success. Yes, the numbers all help. And yes, Andy Reid is a great coach. He'll go down as a great coach. But if he doesn't ever win a Super Bowl, when was the last time somebody mentioned Marty Schottenheimer and great all-time great coaches? Nobody ever mentions him. Why? Because he never got to a Super Bowl. Andy got to one and choked it away like he does every other playoff thing. And in nine, Doug Peterson's done in two years with the same team, with his quarterback, with his system – won a Super Bowl against the same team that beat Andy. And Andy can't get there in 19 years. You know, it's one of those, if you told me right now, would I rather have 19 years of Andy Reid's career as my career, or would I rather have these two years and whatever else Doug Peterson does for the rest of his career? I'd sign up for Doug Peterson in a heartbeat. If you told me Patrick Mahomes was going to have, I could sign up for Dan Marino's career or... Joe Flacco's career, sign me up for Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. That's all I care about right now. Now, if I was the Patriots or if I was the Colts or somebody that's won a Super Bowl recently, the answer is probably different. But since my dad's barely seen one in his lifetime, I think a Super Bowl means more to me than anything else. So I would say, yes, give me... Doug Peterson over Andy Reid any day. Chris? Well, how can I top that? Man. Um, (laughs) I don't... Man, it's really... It's hard to argue. So you completely agree with everything? It's hard to argue. I want to. I I really... But, I, I mean... Peterson's got a Super Bowl ring. And we haven't gotten any closer since he's left. <laughs> so, I, 
Yeah, I agree with Britt. There you go, Britt. Just said I think it's not good for radio time, but it is. It's, it's my honest answer. One, you know, I we we all three agree. I, I mean, you know, it's it's like I said, it, it all depends on what what you want from your team, and it seems that most of Kansas City has is okay with as long as they make the playoffs, as long as they stay competitive. And while those are the same fans that are getting ticked off in the playoffs when we lose, but they would rather that than have some bad seasons and win a Super Bowl. You know, that's that's the question that every every argument that Britt and I have been in the last few weeks or even since the playoff loss. You know, we've we've had a lot of arguments on Twitter and you know, every time Britt will ask, would you rather ten years of one and done in the playoffs or would you rather in a 10 year span nine of those years go you know four or five wins and then basically a touch or a super bowl and one and i'm sorry i would take the i would take the crappy years in the super bowl because that is why you were playing the game you were not playing the game to get a participation award. This isn't Little League, which I still have an issue with. But the fact that you're playing to win it all and you are okay, whether you want to admit it or not, you're okay, and a lot of you have, you're okay with this one and done, even though you get mad every time. And like I mentioned, Doug Peterson had a better team. A much better team, especially on the defensive side. You know, I, I'm working on an article on how the Chiefs can replicate what the Eagles did. And it's it's going to be a lot harder than I originally thought. You know, they got a lot of talent. And especially on the, that defensive line, they have backup defensive linemen that are better than our starters. I mean, it's, it's insane the depth that they have. And, and it showed. You know, you look at some of the pieces they lost. You know, everyone wants, you know... Everyone remembers Carson Wentz going down. Obviously, it's the story of the Super Bowl. And it's it's very frustrating watching, you know, your ex-offensive coordinator from two years ago lead his team to win against the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback <laughs> along with a backup left tackle after their nine-time Pro Bowler went down. Their, one of their cornerbacks went down. Their middle linebacker went down. If you want to consider Sproles, he went down. They oh, yeah. made a lot of trades and drafted a lot of really great players. They they went all in. We have yet to see that. Now, could we see that from Veach? He's made some very aggressive moves already. I like him for the most part. But the thing is, is they have a lot better of a team. And they're aggressive. If you watch the Super Bowl, you heard them talk about Doug Peterson about 18,622 times about how aggressive he is. And how even when Nick Foles stepped in, they kept being aggressive. They just found a new way of doing it. Their, their bye week in the playoffs, they figured out what does Nick Foles succeed doing. And it's RPOs. They talked about it all Super Bowl. Even Doug Peterson talked about it after the Super Bowl. 
he found a way, he altered his playbook to match what his new quarterback now succeeds doing and changed. Now, what is something that we've talked about in multiple podcasts that we have a problem with, with Andy Reid and Bob Sutton? They don't adapt to new players. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's... And everybody will say, you know, Andy adapts his system to the new guys, but he really doesn't. I mean, it took him five years to get Alex to have a good season. I mean, I don't call that adapting. And... Yeah, it goes back to what, you know, like you said, Travis, you know, me and you argue with people even in our own Arrowhead group, you know, Arrowhead Addict Slack group. <laughs> and it just boggles my mind that people are perfectly comfortable with not winning a Super Bowl. And I'm like, that's the point. Like, this isn't beer league softball where I'm just out there to get some exercise and hang out with my buddies. That's not what the NFL is. <laughs> The NFL is you're you're playing to win Super Bowl, Herm. Thank you. And <laughs> don't get me started. Yeah, I, I've. And the best part is now yeah. I have the perfect comeback because what's everybody say? I you know I've been big on fire Andy Reid because I don't think he can win a Super Bowl. And they say, well, what are you going to do if you fire Andy Reid? Who are you going to get? I don't care. Anybody, somebody's going to be better. I don't know who it is. Well, what if they suck? Well, then their name's Chip Kelly, and you suck for a couple years. And then you fire him because you sucked for a couple of years. You try again. And then if you get it right, you win a Super Bowl. And I just want to remind like everybody. Like Andy's that team Doug, just did. Doug Peterson was an offensive coordinator the last, you know, like two years ago. They took a chance on him and look what happened. Yeah, that's why I tell everybody every other. Like, well, who's better than Andy? Somebody. There's. 50,000 coaches in the world. You're telling me not one of them is better than the god Andy Reid? Give me a break. I guarantee you one of them is better than Bill Belichick. But if you don't give them a chance, it's the same thing with quarterbacks. And I said it all year. Andy Reid and Alex Smith are the exact same person. If you wanted to get rid of Alex Smith, you should want to get rid of Andy. If you want to keep Andy, you should have been begging to keep Alex because it's the same damn thing. Well, and if they if this was a successful season, then why would they have gotten rid of Alex? Yeah, why why do you need another quarterback? And that's the best part. The guys back, well, because you have Patrick Mahomes here. You know, he gives you a better chance. And whoever you hired for Andy couldn't give you a better chance. It, it's ex- you're Patrick's doing exact, completely unknown. You have no exactly, idea. You're what doing Patrick the exact Mahomes same thing. Be. You're doing the exact same thing with Patrick Mahomes. You're taking a chance on a new guy and letting Smith go. But people are not willing to do that with a coach, especially a head coach, because they're so scared of having a bad season. Yeah, and it's one thing if this was year seven, back when Andy made the Super Bowl in year five or whatever. Okay, yeah, two years ago he didn't make it. I'll give him a little bit. It's been 19 years. Nobody has won a Super Bowl after nine. I think the longest tenured coach to ever win a Super Bowl was 12 years. I think that was Bill Cowher. Won one after 12 years. And now we think that he's going to set some like some new record that's never been set. I don't get it. It it amazes me that somebody like Peterson comes from a comes from a coaching tree like Reed's, <clears throat> because if uh, I don't know if you guys watch the NFL film thing yet or not, but um, so Foles runs over 
And this is before the trick play where Foles caught the touchdown pass. You mean the one and that Foles, Brady couldn't? Yes, absolutely. That one. And Foles run over, runs over to the sideline. And nobody's really saying anything. They're looking. Doug's looking, trying to trying to come up with the play. And Nick Foles, the backup quarterback, <clears throat> says, hey, you want to run that thing? Doug looks up at him and says, yeah, okay, let's do it. Of course, you know, we all know what happened next. But imagine if that was Nick Foles or Alex Smith or Carson Wentz or Patrick Mahomes or anybody else, Donovan McNabb, running over to Andy Reid. Hey, you want to run that thing? Do you guys think Andy Reid would have said, yeah, sure, let's do it? I don't. I don't. The first thought that popped in my head was Andy Reid would not listen, would not have listened. He would have said, nope, I've got something in mind. I've got, you know, I've got this. I'm, I've got this whole track of, of plays that I'm doing. And, and I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, but that's because that it, I had the feeling and I'm running, running with my gut. I don't think Alec or Andy Reid would have said, yeah, let's do that. And for me, I, that, that is a key. I mean, it's all good for the glamour and everything, but that is a key play in that football game, especially when just what the drive before, I think it was a drive before, Tom Brady couldn't do it. And, uh, I mean, you know, I do agree with you guys. I like Andy Reid. I don't, but I, I wonder um, I don't know that I'm as far leaning uh, like you two, but I do wonder, like, is this it? You know, is this his ceiling? Is this what we can do? Um, I'm willing to give him another another year or two, and I hate that. And I know Britt hates that I said that, just because Patrick Mahomes brings something completely different. Patrick Mahomes brings something completely different, something that not only Andy Reid hasn't seen, but Kansas City, the Chiefs haven't seen. Um, and ever and ever. And I think, I think that, I think that may be Andy Reid's saving grace, but if two years from now we, uh, we haven't won a playoff game, I, I don't know. I would hope that the argument for keeping Andy Reid around would change. Um, and I know, I know it's not a popular argument. I know it's not a popular discussion to talk about Andy Reid and leaving, but, but Britt's right. Folks, I mean, Andy Reid and Alex Smith are the same, and and everybody was quick to get rid of him, and and I don't know that Britt could come up with a better example to describe his theory other than Doug Peterson. That's exactly what the Eagles did. They tried Chip Kelly. It didn't work. They fired him. They brought in some other guy. Who knows what's going to happen two years later? Philadelphia has a Super Bowl. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, it's just, it's an unbelievable story. I don't know why people are so careful to want an unbelievable story in Kansas City. Well, I mean, they're just, it's just the fear of being bad. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, even in, even in Arrowhead, we've done this, you know, we had Marty. Great. We, he left, we went to Gunther. Gunther was horrible. So we went to Dick Vermeil. Saved the day. It was fine. 
Dick left. We went and got Herm. Herm was okay. Left. We said, all right, you know what? We're going to go young. We're going we're gonna to try this thing. It's kind of like when they drafted Mahomes. You know what? We haven't tried our own guy for a long time. We're going to try it. It failed miserably. So what do you do? You go find an Andy Reid who's a guy that you know is going to settle the ship and get you back on course. There's Andy Reid's every year. There's Tom Coughlin's. You know, Mike Tomlin's going to be that guy one of these days. There's good coaches every year that are just floating around that, yeah, you're not going to probably win a Super Bowl, but they'll steady your ship. They'll be Alex Smith where you come in. Okay, like in Washington, what Ian said. He just wanted somebody to steady the ship so they didn't have to worry about quarterback position. Perfect. Now, you better be a short-term thing. You know, I, Andy and me should have been a two-year hire, three years at most. Come in, settle things down, get us going back the right direction, and then bring in somebody that's got the ideas like a Doug Peterson to build what he did and take it to the next level. Because just like Alex, I think Andy's got a glass ceiling is all. And when you keep hitting your head on that ceiling, eventually it's not going to break. You've tried. Yeah, I, I think that... I think Andy Reid's a good coach, and I think that's something that gets lost in this this discussion. And I think that there are a lot of things that he does well, and I think that there's ways that Andy Reid could win a Super Bowl. But the ways for that to happen aren't going to happen. He's not going to give up play calling. Even you know, even the people that want to argue a hundred percent that Andy Reid completely gave up play calling to Peterson and Nagy. He never gave up fully. He's admitted that. He admitted that he called the plays against Denver. He came out and said that he made some of the bad calls in the playoff game. Now, of course, you know, we've gone back and forth. Nagy's said that, no, he called it. Let's let's be real. We know that Andy Reid is still very involved. Even even when Nagy and Peterson are calling the plays, Andy Reid is still very involved. He is the guy that sits down and makes the game plan with them every week. He is the guy that is still going over the plays while they're being called. You know, the Chiefs have this, this bogus setup where the play caller, which is usually Andy Reid, calls the play to the offensive coordinator, who then gives it to Alex Smith. Why? I don't know, but look at some of the um, look at some of the issues and look at some of the success we've had when those guys do get a chance. Okay, Nagy came in, started play calling. What was it? The Jets game. Yeah. Offense looked revamped. Alex Smith was pushed to throw the ball downfield, and the offense was good again. Okay. Look at Peterson in the second half of 2015. Offense looked better. Alex Smith wasn't just relying on Jamal Charles only. He remembered that he had receivers and tight ends. Okay? I get that Alex Smith, or Andy Reid, sorry, same person. I get that Andy (laughs) Reid is a good coach. I get that. But the thing that is going to get him over the hump, he's not willing to do. And 
maybe Mahomes will win the Super Bowl with Andy Reid. Maybe he will push that limit just enough. Maybe. I would gladly come on here after a Chiefs Super Bowl and be like, I'm glad I was wrong. You can rub dirt in my face. I will gladly take that Super Bowl dirt in my face. But I would Go ahead. I would gladly <laughs> shove it in your face. No, you don't get to. You and your red dirt and all that crap down there. We don't want it. But <laughs> that's what we want. And everybody that says that Andy Reid is going to win a Super Bowl or can win a Super Bowl, the same thing. They say, well, if he just gave up play calling. He's not going to. He'll give it up for half a year, maybe semi give it up to an offensive coordinator, maybe in 2019. But that's the issue. And it's his tendencies that really hurt us. Now, once again, if Mahomes comes out, you know, isn't uh, completely different from first half to second half in the playoffs and stays aggressive. We might see something change. But until then, we have to have that conversation. If there is no proof that anything's going to change and you're only going off what you've seen, why why should we believe that Andy Reid's going to win a Super Bowl? Yeah. And, and, I mean, one more thing. I swear I'll, I'll end it on this on me. But, you know, they say our my anti-me over at Arrowhead Addict, Jacob, is one that would too. probably rather yeah would rather have Alex Smith than Patrick Mahomes because in his world and he has said this a mediocre quarterback has just as good of a chance at winning a Super Bowl as a top three quarterback in the league that I boggles we, my mind I'm not saying going off contracts I'm not saying you you can't win a Super Bowl with Alex Smith you want a super people want a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer I mean, it can happen. I mean, Andy Reid can win a Super Bowl. Bortles almost made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it can happen. But the point is, that's the harder route. That's It can happen. But more things have to go right for that to happen. Whereas, obviously, with Doug Peterson, he turns things around in two years. He Something's different with him that he did it right. It's a lot easier if you have Tom Brady than if you got Trent Dilfer. It just is. You know, if you go back to me in eighth grade and LeBron James in eighth grade, yeah, we both have a shot at the NBA. I was going to have to work a heck of a lot harder than LeBron James would have to work. So if you're asking which one of us has the better shot, I would hope you would point to LeBron James in eighth grade, who was probably six foot two, (laughs) and I was four foot ten. And that goes into our next discussion, too. You know, like we talk about... When someone wins a Super Bowl, you look at that team, how can you replicate their success? How can you kind of mimic what the Eagles did? And if you look at the Eagles, they have one of the best defenses in the league. The amount of work that would have to go into that, instead of just switching quarterbacks and being more aggressive on offense, and once again, they broke a record for how many yards in a Super Bowl. Or even a game period, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they did. So, one of the best defenses still almost wasn't enough. Nick Foles still had to go head-to-head against Tom Brady. He still had to keep up. He had to basically go out onto the field and keep his pants from falling down in the middle of the field. 
you have to have a quarterback that can do more than 20 points. You know, the Steelers game. That easily could have been won with mediocre play. Mediocre offense. 20 points. 20 points. That's all you needed. You needed 23 against the Titans. You have to have some quarterback play to win. And if you don't, you have to have literally the best defense. And even that can sometimes not be enough. Now, with the Eagles, it came up big. They weren't very successful early on, or for even really most of the game. Tom Brady putting up as many points and yards as he did. I think he had, what, 505 yards passing? Yeah, playoff record. Right, but they got the strip sack at the end. And, yes, you can go that route. But the defense for the Chiefs has so much work if they want to make that happen. Even the offense has work. The Philadelphia Eagles are a much better built team at this point. Going into the offseason, I don't know. They got a lot of contracts they're going to have to work out. But you look at that team, and it is stacked. Not just the starters, but even the depth. You know, I, I mentioned earlier... They have defensive linemen that are backups that are better than our starters. I mean, it's an absolutely stacked roster. Yeah, and, and I mean, we've been doom and gloom most of this time, Malini and everything, but we're in the position where we can actually do what the Eagles did. We got a young quarterback who looks talented. Again, we don't really know, but we all feel pretty confident in him. And he's on a rookie contract, which means we have lots of money. You can spend money on that defense. Exactly. He takes care of the offensive side. He'll put up the points. And now you can go spend that money on the defensive side to build a good defense a lot faster than if you're paying an Alex Smith, a Kirk Cousins, somebody like that, 25, 30 million. You don't have, if we were paying Alex Smith 25 million this year, like he's going to get paid in Washington we'd only end up having about $10 million in cap space. Well, we're going to need a middle linebacker. We're going to need a safety. We're going to need a nose tackle, another D end. Ford's now going to stick around. So, but you're still going to need somebody to come up next year, but you're going to fill out. We got four or five holes. You got to fill and you got $10 million. What are you going to get? And we only got five draft picks. How are you going to fill those holes while then having a quarterback that needs that help? Now with Patrick Mahomes, not only do you now have a quarterback you hope doesn't need that help, but you got the money to give him the help anyway, just like Philly. When they had Carson Wentz, the defense really didn't have to be that good. But they are that good because he's making so little money they could spend the money over there. So that way, when they get to the playoffs and Carson Wentz went down, they can put in Nick Foles and still be okay. And luckily, the Chiefs are in that position now that they actually can do that. If Veach drafts decent and keeps making some of the good moves he's made so far, I don't see any reason the Chiefs can't be where the Eagles are in a year or two, even with Andy, just because they they're in the right position. They're in the absolute perfect position. They're going to have to do a lot of free agent signing with how many draft picks we have. Yeah. Well, luckily, though, we're going to have, you know, 
30, 35 million in cap space to go get those free agents. Yeah. If anything, if anything, I mean, I think, uh, I think Veach has at least let fans know that, that we are going to be active. I, I, for one, think that the Kansas City Chiefs need to go win free agency. They have to win it. Um, I think uh, I think it's important. I think it will it will say a lot to what the Chiefs are trying to do, to what Beach is trying to do. Um, I don't see any reason why we need to wait four years for Mahomes to uh, to develop into a different type of quarterback or anything like that. Mahomes is who he is i think we can go out there and do it right now and if you've ever listened to this podcast you know i'm i do my best i do my damnedest to be the uh the uplifter to be the guy that says we can do this and uh and and no matter how many no matter how many times i'm wrong no matter how many times i'm wrong i feel like that i'm still going to go that route i think i think kansas city will be fine yeah, I, I think Kansas City's biggest problem is Andy Reid. I'm not calling for his head, but I, I think Andy Reid needs to – it would be nice for him to wake up someday and feel convicted of of how he goes about things because um, he doesn't change. He's stuck in his ways. His ways honestly have never worked if you're talking about the highest level. Um of where you want to be, see it, you know, season by season. It's uh, I was watching something the other day about um, Patrick Mahomes was doing an interview, and somebody asked him to. Uh, uh, I was talking to him about about how hard it is to to learn the plays and everything. And Mahomes mentioned something, and he said some of these plays are like eighteen to twenty four words long. Well, that's insane. And the first thing I thought of is no wonder we have so many delay games. It's absolutely ridiculous. And and they don't even get into huddle until there's 15 seconds left sometimes. <laughs> it, it's and even even Mahomes was like, I wish, you know, I, I asked him, can we dumb this down a little bit? Can we can we shorten this just just a little bit? But we should have the money. We should have the money in free agency to do what the Chiefs need to do. They should have a. Um, I think the addition to Kendall Fuller helps out a lot. I don't think that the secondary is necessarily something that we should focus on. We need to focus on the defensive front seven. Um, I I don't care if D Ford's around or not. We need an outside linebacker on the other side of Justin Houston. Uh, I believe that uh, it would be a serious mistake to put all your eggs in the D Ford basket. Um, we need to go do something. There are plenty of high-priced outside linebackers, and there's plenty of plenty of bargains out there as well. Inside linebacker is uh, <clears throat> is an important piece. Who knows what's going to happen with KPL? Um, I feel like I feel like that that's we'll we'll see some new faces there in that group. The defensive line. I, I would love to. See, see them bring Benny Logan back. Uh, I know there's a writer around the area that thinks that we're going to bring Don Terry Poe back. And I think, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. If you're going to pay him that money, I would rather pay Benny Logan that, that type of money. Um, he quietly had a really, really solid year, but I, I don't think Kansas city's that far away. 
and I think that uh, I think I heard you call me dumb, Travis. But uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think Kansas City is that far away. Um, I don't we think we're going to lose it. I don't think we're going to lose anything with Mahomes. I think we're going to be just fine with Mahomes at quarterback. Um, but we have to go do what we what we have to do, and we have to go get him help. We have to go get the defense help. Um, even if Eric Berry's healthy all year and there's no other serious injuries involved, we've got to have some new faces. We've got to have something. We have to have something, some ginormous addition to that defense. And not just one, but we need two or three guys that, that are, are solid names, solid players, guys that can come in and, and, uh, and, and heck, take over the defense. Make us forget about the guys that have been here for a while. I want I want a new face, somebody that comes in and says, "I'm the defense." That's I think that would be the best for Kansas City. Um, offensive wise, I, I think we'll be fine, um, but uh, I don't think we're that far away. It's Andy Reid will be the biggest hurdle. Andy Reid will be the biggest hurdle for the Kansas City Chiefs, for the fans, and for Andy Reid. My thing with bringing Dontari Poe back, fans that still want him back in Kansas City are thinking of Dontari Poe from 2015. Or even maybe 2014, probably. But his back problems, you know, you you go back and if you want to go back and watch the All-22 of him in 2016, he wasn't that good. He struggled. And... The thing is with, you know, when you compare Don Poe to Benny Logan, they're two different styles of players. And Benny Logan, for whatever reason people think that he's a pass rusher too, he's not. He's a run stuffer, first and foremost. And we knew that when he was coming in. And the fact that people are still criticizing his pass rushing when we knew he wasn't a pass rusher is mind-blowing to me. Um... But you, you look at Don Tari Poe. He wasn't ever really good against the run. He was, he, you know, his first couple of years, he was pretty good at rushing the passer at the middle. But then he started having back issues. And he wasn't there in 2016. I don't know if you remember, but that was the year that we had the least amount of sacks since Andy Reid came here. I think it was something like 27 sacks all year. And he had maybe one. Okay. Don Tari Poe was not that good the last year he was here. And he didn't do that great for the Falcons. So I don't really understand the whole bringing Dontari Poe back, especially when fans are mostly criticizing the getting gashed by the run game. That makes no sense whatsoever. Um, I do fans think are just there a, are... Fan, they're just but, upset that Benny Logan didn't score any touchdowns. Well, he never had the chance. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did Chris Jones. Nobody did. Travis but, had one chance from the 50-yard line. I did. But the thing is, I don't, I don't, um, you know, there, there is some defensive tackles, big names in free agency. But my question for you guys, you know, I, I mentioned that there is quite a bit of stuff that you have to replace on this defense to even come close. You know, I still think that we could use another corner. Um, you know, we, we don't know what Fuller 
is going to be able to do if he is asked to play outside. You know, we talked about this with Ian last week, how he was played in the slot pretty much the whole time he was with the Redskins. So that's where he had his breakout season in the slot. Um, Nelson never really made me comfortable as a, you know, right corner. He's more of a slot guy too. So I'd still like to bring in another corner, but I do agree that we need to go front seven first. I think we need some, you know, big names up front. Um, and there's some big names on the D-line. There's not really any big names that you would want to spend coin on at outside linebacker. So I think if you're going to want to replace D Ford now and, you know, pretty much either give to no passing, you know, some competition or maybe even replace, then that's pretty much going to have to be your first pick. Um, you know, you also have to discuss some safety talk. Uh, Parker and Sorensen both took a step down this year. Sorensen just got completely exposed beyond belief. Um, if he has another year like he did this year, of course, he won't have as much um, responsibility, I hope to God, then I think he has maybe one year left. But you got a lot of pieces. And my question is, is Veach going to be aggressive and go get as many of those pieces this year or next year and make a run for it now? Or is it going to be like every other GM where he just keeps building and never really makes the big signings? You know, the, we talk about how replicating the Eagles. Look at all the big names they signed this year. They signed LeGarrette Blunt. They traded for Jason Jaihe, what, midseason? Earlier in the season? Yeah, midseason. They, you know, they brought in Patrick Robinson. They brought in, let's see here, Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, who I'm not really a big fan of, but still brought him in, paid him big money. They they surrounded Wentz on offense with huge weapons while also adding a couple weapons on the defense. But they went out and spent the money and a lot of short contracts so that they could fit that whole group in one season. So will Veach do that with the Chiefs, or will this just be another pretty much just we're just going to stay building and replacing? I, th- I think he's going to go big. I mean, you look at the moves he's made so far. He's already trading picks for players. You know, he brought in Raglan for a pick. Uh, he brought in uh, KPL. He brought in the Cam Irving one. Didn't Didn't go over well, but he was at least trying for this year, even let alone going down the road. The trade for Alex was more about getting the player that we all knew could play now more than the draft pick. So I think well, that's what player for player. Yeah. But you know, you look at Raglan was a player for pick. You look at right. that's the Smith trade. Clearly they valued the player more than the pick because they could have had a much better pick. If they'd have taken somebody else's deal. And so I think he's going to get a few big names. Now, I don't think he's going to try to put some dream team together. But like the Eagles, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt, that's not really a big signing. Anybody could have had LeGarrette Blunt last year for what? A few million, three, four million. I mean, I, I doubt he's making anything more than that. 
I mean, the Patriots asked him to take a pay cut, and he said no. Yeah, so, you know, and they weren't paying him that much anyway because, like I said, Blunt hasn't been ever been a top running back where people wanted him to make big money. Torrey Smith, same thing. He's not making that much money. If he is, they way overpaid. But they got Alshon Jeffries. They got Robinson, um, the D-back. And so I think Veach will do that. I, like, I fully expect Veach to sign at least two defenders that – when he signs, you're going to be like, that guy's going to come in and help automatically. And then I think he's, I think, unlike, I think Dorsey was a build with the draft, fill in with free agency. I think Veach is going to be kind of in the middle where, yeah, draft helps. But at the same time, if I can get a good player I know for that pick, I'll go ahead and do it. Like, yeah, I gave up a pick for Raglan. That pick could have been somebody really good but i know i got ragland who i know is really solid so it's worth it and i think that's how he looks at it so i fully expect him to sign at least two to three big names that you're going to hear of maybe they aren't the number one biggest contract guy but they're going to be three guys that you hear that you know they're going to fit well and then work in with the draft picks and then when you get a couple years down the road and he's got more picks and not just the four or five he has this year, but he's got some big names that are doing good. I think maybe then he starts filling in with draft picks more, but I fully expect him to go big this year. And there's big names out there. You know, I mean, there, there's for what we need, there, there are big name defensive linemen and there's, there are big name linebackers out there. And uh, I mean, <clears throat> we have the money. It's been a while, right? It's been a little bit since Kansas City's had some money to spend. I would love to see. I'm. I want to remodel defense. You know, I, I want my staple guys. You know, I want Barry. I want Peters. I want. I want Houston. I want Chris Jones. But the rest of that defense, I, I want to remodel. I want a completely different looking looking defense than what we had this season. And it's been a long time since Kansas City's done that on either side of the ball. But there are guys out there. No, he doesn't have to go after the the biggest names, but he can go after one, and then he can go to that second tier and grab four very easily with the money that we that we're looking at. Um, I mean, there's there's names like, I mean, and I don't know. Forgive me, I don't know necessarily know all their contract issues or how happy they are where they're at or what those teams are planning on doing. But you look at you know, Preston Brown and Anthony Hitchens. Uh, um, John Bostick and Tahir Whitehead and Junior Gallet even, which I'm not necessarily sold on. But there are there are guys out there that I think any of them, you know, Ezekiel Ansaw and, and Alex Okafor even, any of these guys, Claiborne, if we two out of the guys, out of the ones that I named, I think would be huge additions to, to the Chiefs defense. And, uh, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. I said it before. We need to win free agency, I think. I really do. I think we need to win free agency. We need to go out there. We need to get those guys. We need to get them quick. We need to get them in here. I think we have the potential to do it. You guys yeah, are silent. That, <laughs> I, I, I think that... You know, the way you look at what... Veach has done, and you were talking about this, Britt, and the guys he's brought in. 
And all of them have around two years left on their rookie deal. Before and you know, guys like Raglan are probably gonna make some, you know, big coin if he keeps going up like he did this year. Um if Fuller has, you know, more years like he did last year or this year, whichever you wanna go by. Those are gonna be some big money contracts. And they're not gonna be able to afford to keep everybody. And that's why I wonder, is he going all in in the next two seasons? Or is he making a couple splash moves and then saving this money for, you know, just re-signing our own players? I, I still think he's going for it. And if for no other reason, he's an Andy guy. And Andy's not coaching for 15 more years. I think it's one of those things if Andy wins a Super Bowl, he's gone the next year. So I don't think there's ever going to be a time while Veach is GM and Andy's the coach that they say, well, this year eh, we're not too worried about it. Let's, let's build for next, you know, let's build for a year or two from now. I think every year they're going to try to go for it. I mean, even this year when we all knew they didn't have a chance because they played Alex all season, they were making moves in season to try to win this year. And you know, giving up picks down the road because they were trying to win this year. I think that'll be the case every single year, as long as Andy's here with Veach, because I think they want to win. A, you know, Andy's got to win. He knows he's got to win a Super Bowl for his legacy. Veach is his guy, so Veach is going to do everything he can to help him get that, get that. And so, I, I still think that they're going to be aggressive as long as Andy's the head coach. Veach will be aggressive to try to get him. Now, if V, if Andy were to retire next year and the new guy's coming in and they're starting kind of all over. Then I could maybe see, let's try to go a couple years down the road. Cause you know, you're not the guys we got don't necessarily fit what you want to do. So we're going to kind of weed them out over the next couple years. But as long as Andy's here, I think they're going to be going for it every year. Yeah. I, I tend to agree for the most part, like I said, especially with how, aggressive some of the moves he's made already um i think pretty much everybody likes what they've seen so far you know we've seen you know articles from our own site from other sites talking pretty much just raving about the work that he's done and i think that it's exciting you know we, we haven't even seen an an off season with brent beach i, I really want to see what he can do with this team given a full off season so uh I think that's all we got for you guys today, unless you have anything that you want to add, Britt. No, no, I think that's uh, pretty good. All right, guys. Well, like I said in the beginning, make sure to hit that subscribe button. I'm Travis Steffen. That's Britt Zank. And then Chris Taylor is somewhere off in the background. We will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Blitz Package over on Arrowhead Addict and Blog Talk Radio. If you want to hear more, Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see the content that your hosts put out there, you can find myself at Stefan NFL, or you can find my content on Arrowhead Attic. Just search for Travis Stefan. If you want to hear more from Britt Zank, then you can find him at bzank17 on Twitter, and he also is an Arrowhead Addict contributor. If you want to find more on Chris Taylor, make sure you find him on Twitter at ctaylor1911, or you can find his stuff over at kckingdom.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time.